Hey, I'm Sam. And I'm Lizzie. And we're queer people who love movies. This is Subtextual. Hey, Sam. Welcome to 2023. Uh, Starting the new year with High School Musical. We're starting fresh. So fresh. (laughs) The freshest. I'm so... You understand how excited I am for this film. Oh, God. Film? Thank God you like this. Yes, it's a film, not just a movie. It is a film. <laughs> are DCOMs films? I don't know. <laughs> Some of them are. They can be. We should make like a Venn diagram of which of the DCOMs are films, which ones are movies, and which ones we're not sure about. <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm so glad to be here in the new year. Uh, before we take off and dive headfirst into the, one of the first musicals I ever loved, I um, just want to thank everyone for listening And if you feel any sort of inclination, you can check out our Patreon. We have a whole new tier we offered. And we also lowered some of our higher tiers to be a little more accessible. So if you want bonus content, if you want to vote on what we do on the main feed, if you want fucking stickers, head over to our Patreon. Or if that's not your jam, totally fine. Just keep listening. We appreciate having you here in the new year. And... We hope you stick to that gym membership. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> it's hope gonna be worth it. <laughs> you continue to do choreographed dances into the new year with your basketball team. You gotta get your head in the game with anything <laughs> in the new year. This movie came out so long ago that I put it down. It was like a huge part of my personality when I was like eleven. I put it down. And I picked it up again as a 27-year-old on Christmas. <laughs> I watched this on Christmas Day with a glass of red wine. And I was like, who am I? <laughs> did you watch it alone or did your yeah. partner watch? No, nah, she made me watch it alone. <laughs> no, nah, she would not watch. She's like, I'm going to go play Elden Ring. You have to do that by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, with pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Surreal. It's been a while since I actually sat down and watched it. It was a little slower than I remember. Because, there is a build. Yeah. And the musical numbers have so much energy. Like, all the rest of the movie where they're just talking is kind of like You're them actually waiting. figuring shit out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't remember this part. I just remember, like, Sharpay Evans, like, being the most. Gosh, an icon. An icon. So when was – do you remember seeing this movie for the first time? You were, like, a fan right away. It sounds like. If I remember correctly, yes, I remember watching it for the first time. So Disney Channel had New Year's lineups, like programming lineups, and it would often be brand new episodes at like 8 o'clock. But we pretended like we were celebrating it every night. And it would be like, that's so Raven. Even Stevens. Even Stevens. All brand new episodes. So it was like a huge deal. And this one, if I remember correctly, was the same thing. It came out on New Year's, which is why the film starting in New Year's was like yeah. such a thing. But I remember seeing it and being like... It was before High School Musical. It was after High School Musical. And I became, like, a terrible child to be around. Well, you have made me do, like, dance-alongs to music videos (laughs) and shit. And I'm pretty sure High School Musical, like, invented that. Because they almost immediately after the premiere started doing, like, dance and sing-along versions of the movie on Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. You know how people say, like, this is my Joker? Like, I am not joking. (laughs) That the, The High School Musical dance along fucking enabled me more than any child should be enabled like and it was yes. it wasn't just like choreographers it was Ashley Tisdale yeah and Zac Efron and Corbin Blue like they were teaching you how to do yeah. it they were talking to you like breaking the fourth wall exactly. instructing Dribble five six ball. seven eight bring it back yeah, yeah. and I was like <sighs> oh I remember that shit like viscerally this movie came out when I was transitioning into high school so it was 
it was like Toy Story. Like, I got nailed with the timeline uh-huh. of this, like, so hard. But I remember going to my friend Heather's house and watching this fucking movie with three of my best friends. We had snacks. I think we even wore, like, red and white. Like, because this movie was Wild so cats. pumped up. We were already fans before it even came out. And we were like, okay, it's playing Friday, 8, 7 Central. Like, we have to see it when it comes out. And we instantly loved it. And we got together and watched all three of the films. Wait. You, the first time you saw it, you saw three in a row? No, like we watched the premieres of them together. Ah, I see, I see. Okay, so do you remember, have any memory of seeing the first one for the first time? Absolutely. I remember the way the room looked. I remember her older brother came in at some point and we were like, get the fuck out, like <laughs> girls only. This isn't for you. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember what I liked most about it. It was definitely Troy Bolton, who's actually very much the protagonist. Like mm-hmm. they kind of build this movie as being about Gabriella and Troy, but it's really his journey mostly through. And I think I related more to him than I care to admit um, at the time. (laughs) But, I mean, it's just – it's such a good fucking musical. And you can tell because I was raised watching Disney Channel original movies. This movie was the first Disney Channel original movie to have such a high budget, like a multi-million dollar budget. Wow. They were really taking a risk on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really shows because they have giant sweeping shots of all these crazy dance numbers, especially the one at the end. We're all in this together. That's the best one. I remember my heart soaring watching that scene. I have to admit, I'm a grown person. I did get goosebumps twice watching it for this podcast, which made me really embarrassed. Some really dense nostalgia that still sticks with you. The production budget makes sense with Kenny Ortega having done Hocus Pocus and that being a Disney Channel success, like a huge hit on Disney Channel. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. So Kenny Ortega obviously directed this. And if you haven't heard us talk about Kenny Ortega, go back and listen to our Dirty Dancing or our Hocus Pocus episodes. Are you even using your subtextual bingo cards? (laughs) (laughs) This is a welcome to the Kenny Ortega (laughs) podcast, you guys. So he directed Hocus Pocus in 93 and actually took a break from directing until this film in 2006. He was doing like TV directing for like Gilmore Girls and shit Mm -hmm. like that and doing a lot of choreographing for like Michael Jackson and the Olympics. Like he kind of took a break from feature film directing and then came back to Disney. He was the first director to read the script Um, And was, like, instantly on board. Like, if you know anything about Kenny Ortega, he loves working with young actors. And he loves when dance choreography is part of the story. Mm -hmm. So I think it was really smart for Disney to kind of return to him after over a 10-year break. And know that he was the right person for it. Because I think if anyone else had had their hands on this film, it wouldn't have been quite... It wouldn't have become the franchise that it was. Because when they wrote... High School Musical is kind of just like the writer's side project. The writer's name is Peter Baroschini. He's done like a couple of other things, but High School Musical is definitely his bread and butter. He wrote all three of the films. It was kind of just something he was writing with his 10-year-old daughter in mind for fun. But Disney immediately greenlit the first draft, which apparently was crazy at the time, attached Kenny Ortega to it, who kind of like gave it this larger-than-life vision and who... As he does with a lot of his roles, like, took the time in casting to find, like, the perfect actors who can not only dance and sing and turn it out on these crazy days, but bring the charisma to the roles. The similarities that you're saying just in the production from Hocus Pocus is so striking because when you hosted the Hocus Pocus episode, you mentioned that the writer of that film 
got the idea for the film by talking to his daughter yeah. when a black cat like just walked by and that was the inception for Hocus Pocus and this is like similar like this writer with his daughter wrote this film and it makes so much sense like the story really does call for a grander directorial force whereas like other decoms that came after this did not have that same punch if I'm just thinking of like Camp Rock yeah. where it was more about it was more music than it was dancing of any kind. And so that's why it didn't even compare to this one. I can't think of another decom musical that felt like this at all. This felt like a Broadway production. Absolutely. And I think Kenny Ortega has everything to do with that. Mm -hmm. Like, this was just a single script. Like, High School Musical was the working title of this, like, random musical this guy wrote. It wasn't planned to be a franchise, but the success of the first one was felt overnight, like— it broke the TV movie premiere record for cable television and was only exceeded by Cheetah Girls 2, also directed by Kenny Ortega later that year. <laughs> Holy shit. But, like, millions of people of all ages tuned in to see this movie, and all of a sudden these Disney execs were like, holy shit, like, we have a franchise on our hands. And they put the director, Kenny Ortega, and the screenwriter on to the next one immediately, and that was released the next year. So... Mm -hmm. It was never intended to be this crazy success. Well, you mentioned him, like, casting people that could dance and sing and act. And they're all teenagers. I think DCOMs do a good job at casting younger people, whereas, like, Hollywood, Netflix will cast, like, a 35-year-old as, yeah. like, a high schooler. But these people did seem quite young. I mean, the, the rest of the ensemble were, like, clearly teenagers as well. Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens could be just considered, like, a little bit older, probably, like, in their early 20s. But I think it was cast really well, and all of them did a good job. I think the person who did the best job, I'm being quite honest, is Corbin Blue. Corbin Blue, and he was the youngest principal cast member, actually. He really? was 17. He didn't sing in this one. He sings in the other one, yeah. so it's not a great judge. But just as far as dancing, he did very well. And he actually, it was funny, he actually showed up to the audition as the role of Ryan, Sharpay's brother. No way. But then he saw Lucas Graybeal dance during the audition, and he was like, oh, shit, like, I probably am not what they're looking for, so I'll go for the best friend instead. And he ended up getting it. No fucking way. That's, that's, I have to tell you the story about the L word. Oh, my God. Leisha Haley came in to read for the part of Shane. What? And saw Kate Menig and was like, I am not getting this part. <laughs> <laughs> and came in, auditioned anyways. They loved Leisha Haley so much, they wrote the character of Alice for her after her audition. You're kidding me. Mm -hmm. I had no idea about yeah. that. Same that thing. That High show musical. would be nothing without Leisha Haley's character. I know. And it's especially that her and Kate Menig are best friends I now know. in real life. It's like very sweet. We're going to plug the Pants podcast real quick. Yeah. If you like it's us, so good. you've probably already heard Pants. Why are we <laughs> plugging it? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Reverse plug is what's needed. Um, mm -hmm. I tend to watch movies now with like, looking for gay shit lens, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I do feel like this movie is a little gayer than I remember it. Yes, I Lizzie, tell us why we're here today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, why are we here? I mean, the number one rule of subtextual is if the creator is gay, the work is gay. If it's Kenny Ortega, we can talk about it. Yeah, and again, if you haven't heard anything about Kenny Ortega in the past, he is an openly gay film director, TV director, and First and foremost, dance choreographer. Uh, I go into like his whole history and background in the Hocus Pocus episode, but he's done a lot of things that you know and love. He choreographed Dirty Dancing. He also choreographed Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Love Julie Newmar. Uh, he directed Hocus Pocus, Cheetah Girls 2, 
And he's worked with basically every pop star you've ever heard of. So we love Kenny Ortega. He's done a lot for us, done a lot for queer cinema. Um, And this was definitely the most commercially successful thing he's ever done in terms of, like, money value. Mm. High School Musical probably, like, paid for his house and any vacation homes he has. Yeah. But I think High School Musical feels pretty gay. Gayer than I remember. Who, who, like, if you were to point out some of the queer characters in this film, who do you think they would be? Watching this, like I said, again, as a 27-year-old lesbian with a glass of wine. (laughs) On Christmas. On Christmas. I found three characters that stuck out to me as gay-ish watching this film. I found three characters. Okay. I wonder if they're the same. I wonder if they're the same. Okay, who you got? Okay, so I think... That this whole film has this gay hue, which is, of course, Kenny Ortega, the auteur, like, makes everything kind of gay, whether he wants to or not. And I think that this idea of this, like, super masculine man that just wants to sing and dance and society is holding him back. I think, although they shove this heterosexual romance right next to it to kind of distract you, I think that feels really gay. So that would be Troy. Yes. And then the obvious is... Um, Ryan, who's played by Lucas Grabiel, who I think Kenny Ortega has said, I made that character gay. Yeah, he just wasn't out yet. Exactly. So obviously there's that character, as well as I think Corbin Blue, which comes up in the second film, who plays Chad. Yeah. Which I can't believe someone's named Chad. That name is hilarious. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But this first film, before we understand what happens in the second film, he has so much projected I guess what reads like internalized homophobia, but could it be a lot of things, but basically just does not want Troy, who he thinks is like the epitome of man, to do dancing in theater. Like, if it wasn't Disney Channel, I think Chad would say, hey, man, that's gay. Yeah. You can't do it because it's gay. There's actually a quote he says in the movie that I wrote down because I was like, this feels like that situation is playing out in front of my eyes. But so... Troy, like, broaches the idea of auditioning to the musical to his best friend, Corbin Blue, at a certain point. And Corbin Blue says to him, the music in those shows isn't hip-hop, okay, or rock, or anything essential to culture. It's like show music. It's all costumes and makeup. Dude, it's frightening. And it's like, to me, that's such a cheesy line, but it felt like some guy being like, no, you can't do show tunes. Like, that's gay, my dude. You <laughs> yeah. can only do things if it's like rock and roll or emo. But that is said in the most gay. I know. Way. It's like the 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 gay structure delivery. of that sentence is so gay. It doesn't even contribute to the cultural canon, <gasps> it's my not guy. Essential to culture. Like, <laughs> what are you even talking about? <laughs> it was no, like you're so right. It was so cunty. Like Chad in this movie gives nothing but cunt. <laughs> and in the second movie, my suspicions are only confirmed further. And. I think we should do the second movie. What do you think? I would invite you to do the second movie because it is the <sighs> best of the trilogy for sure. It is definitely my favorite. Oh, there's so many good numbers. Okay, we're not going to talk about it. No, no, no. We're going to save it for another episode. Um, I also had another queer character, though, that kind of like dinged my little bell. That I didn't catch. It was Kelsey, the composer. Oh, okay. my God. Number one. She's wearing a little tiny hat. She's wearing a little tiny hat. And like little tiny suits. <laughs> yes. She reads by to me, 100%. Totally closeted. She's, like, whispering the whole time. Yeah. The reason that Lucas Gabriel's character, Ryan, always read gay to me is that they always paired up the principal characters, right? Mm-hmm. They never did that with Ryan yeah. or Kelsey exactly. until the final installment where they put them together. 
Yeah, girl. And I'm yeah. like, beards. Beards. <laughs> I totally forgot that they, they do that. They put them together to go to prom, and that screams you with how many gay dances you've went to with gay men yeah. as a gay woman. <laughs> <laughs> it's like seven out of eight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, this is not love. No, I absolutely like read that way to me so hard. And I also found out, okay, maybe you remembered this moment at the end of the film, right before the we're all in this together number. But there's, like, that guy on the basketball team who likes to bake. bake and he bakes Zeke. for her. He bakes for her. And, and, and he Ryan. takes the cookies. Okay, apparently there's more deleted footage in that film that they cut out of Ryan having a crush on Zeke. <gasps> really? Which is the character's name who likes to bake. Yeah. Do you have those scenes? No, it's, like, it was never, like, released or anything. But in an interview with Lucas Graybill, I found that out. And I was like, oh, I knew it. I felt it in that scene with the cookies because he's, like, Oh, my sister's not here. Like, I do think you're cute. Thanks for the cookies. Literally, my notes. Minute 117. (laughs) (laughs) Zeke offers Sharpay the cookies. She says no. Ryan says, great game. Right? He takes the cookies from Zeke and he says, great game. And he looks at him for way too long. It's a moment. Mm -hmm. It is a fucking moment. Mm -hmm. Look. We're fucking Sherlock Holmes and Watson over here sniffing this shit out. <laughs> same, same exact thought. You're like, that scene with the yeah. cookies means he's gay. And it's like, yeah, I know. And also just everything Ryan does, sweet, sweet Ryan. I wish he had, like, more meat to his character. Sharpay is just such a bright, loud character. He kind of gets overshadowed. But Kenny Ortega said, like, when he and, Ryan, uh, when he and Lucas were developing the character of Ryan... He said, like, basically he knew Disney wouldn't allow there to be an openly gay character at this point. But he and Lucas talked about where Ryan would be in his journey as a queer person. They said maybe he'd come out in college kind of thing. And this was just him about showing his true colors. I mean, he is the only man we see, other than Troy Bolton, like, comfortable with singing. And he also never really gets bullied for it. Like, he's generally accepted by everyone Mm -hmm. and... That's a little different than I think how this would go in a typical Disney movie if there wasn't like a gay person at the helm of it. And Kenny Ortega said, I took it upon myself to make choices with this character that I felt that those who were watching would grab. They would see it, they would feel it, they would know it, and they would identify with it. And that's what happened. Because he said, after the movie came out, like tons and tons of young people came up to him and were like, thank you for putting just this tiny character who barely speaks into the film, who's like, presents very much as a queer character and it just made people feel seen he's a positive character i don't remember how he gets treated in the next two films i feel like he gets more juice to his role yeah but in the second film which we'll talk about when we do that episode we see more of ryan's individual dynamic without sharpay yeah which is really interesting but yeah as you were saying the fact that this minimal amount of representation caused so many people to say, like, thank you so much. But it was so mainstream. And as kids, you watch films and you you can only take away so much from it because you don't have context. But this whole mm-hmm. thing is, like you're saying, an allegory. I mean, they're quite literally saying, what if you want to be somebody else and your friends don't want you to be that yeah. person? And everyone's parents, like, especially Troy's dad is like, you know, just do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And it's all can be an allegory for coming out. It's just that 
Ryan's character played by Lucas Grabeel, it's not the principal character. If he was, it would be too apparent probably for Disney Channel. Yeah. But it's all in the same tapestry. Like, it's the same for every character. Yeah, all the conversations that Troy has with his friends and with his father about basketball, like, don't feel like they're talking about basketball. No. It kind of is like an insert your identity here which I feel like a lot of people could insert their queer identity there. And I they do take the times of these conversations. It's what I mentioned about I didn't remember this film feeling so like slow and low. It it's like has these high impact numbers, but a lot of it is just this guy trying to like shuffle through what he needs to do to present a certain way for his identity, but actually feeling another way. And yeah, there's this girl there, but I wouldn't even call this film a romance. Like mm-hmm kind of end up together in the end, but no one touches each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that that was just like such a strong read to me as an older person. And I'm sure some of that like stuck whenever I was fucking 12 or whatever and watching this. But yeah, I think if Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens, who like dated for years because of this, like they met for this film and dated forever, if they didn't have such chemistry, mm-hmm. if it if their romance wasn't like the fixture of the film next to whatever being yourself is, Mm -hmm. I think that Troy would read much more gay than he does now. And I think that's just the happenstance of really good casting that him and Gabriella had really good chemistry. Yeah. But (laughs) we all know it's gay. Uh, What's that TikTok? It's like, that man is gay and I really believe that. And I really believe that. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, let's get into the plot. Let's go, bitch. Come on, move it. Let's go. For the East High Wildcats. We are days away from our biggest game of the year. Basketball is everything. Wildcats! You are so dedicated. But when their star player steps off the court. Any last minute sign up? I'd like to audition Miss Darvis. And onto center stage. I'll sing with her. We're soaring, flying. He'll show the entire school there's something to sing about. Is this some kind of joke? You're the team leader, not a singer. Did you ever think maybe I could be both? We're breaking We're free. A tale as old as time. <laughs> Can I tell you? This is giving Romeo and Juliet. It is giving Greece. It is giving Hairspray, which Zac Efron is also in. Yes. My biggest takeaway from this rewatch is how much this reminds me of Grease. Yes, so much. And Lizzie did a Grease episode, which is fantastic. So she is the principal expert on Grease. I obviously have a type. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> um, and I have just a laundry list of all of the ways that this film is similar to Grease Ooh. right here. So we have the vacation love affair. Mm, yes. You know, summer nights. Free, away from the prying eyes of your friends. Yeah, nobody's putting labels on you. You have no idea what click they're in. You You can sing at a New Year's party at a ski lodge with whoever you choose. (laughs) Or Uh, don't choose in this case. Yeah, the coming from different worlds, um, the fact that it's a musical, obviously, but it hits a lot of the same beats. So we have Rizzo, that whole Rizzo number, the slow number. Gabriella does something similar. We have that moment where Zuko basically says, like, I don't like Sandy at all. And someone else finds out, and that person is Sandy. And in this case, it's Gabriella. And obviously, Danny and Kaniki were, like, secretly wanting to be boyfriends. And I can easily see Zac Efron and Corbin Blue being boyfriends. You completed my sentence. That is my last (laughs) bullet point. Truly. And the whole Sandra D, like, virgin sweet girl Becoming kind her of like true coming self. out, yeah, and her true colors and falling in love with like the popular bad boy. Mm-hmm. It's Greece all over again. It's just another Greece. Yeah. 
And this is like very much a New Year's movie, which there are not a lot. No, I looked up New Year's movies and it was New Year's Eve, the movie, and High School Musical. <laughs> That's it. And I've never even heard of New Year's Eve, the movie. New Year's Eve, Anne Hathaway, Ashton Kutcher, Sarah Jessica Parker. I've never heard of this movie. Are you being for real? It's called New Year's real. Eve. I've never heard of it. Is it good? It's the only movie that's specifically about New Year's. I was telling Lizzie, usually it's like Christmas movies or holiday movies where they just like tack New Year's in at the end as like yeah. a closure beat. Like they're still together at New Year's or whatever. But yeah, New Year's Eve. You've never seen it? Never seen it. Never heard of it. Why would you, after you've seen High School Musical, the only New Year's Eve movie you need to see? The only New Year's Eve movie you need. So at what looks like the kind of New Year's Eve party I want to have— Young adult New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> Starts at a young adult New Year's Eve party where Troy Bolton, played by Zach Efron, and Gabriella Montez, played by Vanessa Hudgens, get shoved on stage to perform what I guess is like a top 40 pop song of this time, the start of something new. And they hit every single note. This is like the moment I needed to have as a young person. Like, I expected for this to happen to me at some point in my life. Yeah, fuck Disney Channel. I was waiting. I was just waiting around for this to happen to me. Also, I just want to point out, this fucking movie, they get into it. It is two minutes and 30 seconds into the movie and is the first song. They're like, it's a fucking musical. You're here for it. Hey, you didn't know High School Musical was a musical? It's a musical. It's a musical. <laughs> it's a musical in the musical. The parents watching this with their kids are like, oh shit, it's already starting. <laughs> this could be the start of something new. It feels so right to be here with you. If I said I didn't know every single word to every single song in this movie. Hey, listener, we're going to let you in on a little secret that uh, <laughs> only our closest friends might know. But Lizzie and I do sing quite a few numbers from High School Musical when we do karaoke. And they're duets. Always duets. And obviously Sam takes the Troy Bolton part, which is totally not fair. Or, but or, he is the lesbian in this situation. I think it's fair because you get Sharpay's part whenever we do Ryan and Sharpay numbers. That's fair. <laughs> That's fucking fair. Yes. So there are two things in the beginning of this movie that I know for a fact I related to so hard as a kid. Number one, I wanted Troy Bolton's haircut and yes. all of his clothes. Yes. I used to try to dress like this person. No. What is fucking wrong with me? Number two, at the very beginning, Gabriella is reading a book at the party, and at some point her like mom fusses at her for reading too much. That was literally me. I used to get in trouble with my mom for reading too much. What in the fan fiction? She comes to a young adult New Year's Eve party with a book and she gets... It's obviously a, like, smutty romance. She's sitting down with her book and the spotlight hits her, like every fan fiction's dream. And she's yeah. like, I have to sing with Harry Styles. Oh, and her Lord. hair's, like, perfectly curled. <laughs> I was so fooled as a kid to think that people actually just woke up and looked like this. <laughs> anyway, so we... They have this great moment. They sing the song together. And we fast forward to the school year where very Grease style, they figure out that they are both kids on the same campus. Gabrielle is the new girl at school, the super smart girl. And Troy is the captain of the basketball team. Wow. Huge, huge deal. <laughs> and we also meet theater twins Sharpay and Ryan, played by Ashley Tisdale and Lucas Grabiel. Thank God for them. 
Thank God. They are actually the stars of this movie. Absolutely. It turns out. Absolutely. Ashley Tisdale fucking turns this role out like you would not believe. Lizzie called me on the phone for this episode and asked me what my favorite musical number was. And I said, what I've been looking for, parentheses, the cunt version. <laughs> cunt version. <laughs> because they are serving so hard. This whole film, they are, they deserve Tonys for this. If Ashley Tisdale does not have a fucking Tony by now, it's not a just world. No, no, not at all. God, so good. No, they really commit. She is so funny. Did you ever see Sharpay's Grand Adventure or whatever her spinoff was? Yeah, she went like Fabulous on, Adventure. Fab, fabulous Adventure. She went on like a vacation or something. I think she like moves to New York or some shit to go to Broadway. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. I don't remember any of the numbers. They're like, if anyone's getting a fucking spinoff. It is Sharpay. It's actually Tisdale. And she deserves it. Yeah. I love those characters. I There's a couple of lines in this movie that I love. I'll, I'll play some clips when they come up, but they're definitely my favorite fucking lines in this movie. So anyway, we're at school. We're kind of getting a lay of the land. Much like Greece, there's lots of cliques at this school, and the rules between the cliques is, like, stark. If you're a smart girl, you only hang out with the smart kids. If you're a basketball player, you only play sports. And that ends up being, like, kind of the main antagonistic force of this whole film is just these clique rules that everyone just abides by no matter what. What I do appreciate about this film, in opposition to other DCOMs or other movies about popularity for children, it's that, like, a football player is popular, a cheerleader is popular, and they're the most popular people in the school. And I think Greece did something similar where it was like, or Greece also did something that I liked, where you can be popular in your clique, but that does not give you popularity currency throughout the entire school. Like, yes, Troy is popular, but also Sharpay is popular yeah. in theater that doesn't mean that their relation to each other is they're not both going to win prom king and prom queen. Yeah. Like it's it's all very unilateral. Like the cliques are unilaterally like. Exactly. Popularity. And everyone has a lot of confidence. Like all the smart kids, the lead smart girl is super confident. All of the smart kids are pretty confident in where they are. Like exactly. no one's really like belittled necessarily in these cliques it's just mm -hmm. like you're encouraged to conform mm -hmm. and to stick to the status quo which is another great number i won't play a clip but one of the 20 great numbers in this film but yeah so fighting against these rules is kind of like the main course of action troy bolton has in this whole thing because at this new year's eve party he's like realize how much he loves to sing and he just wants to fucking sing mm -hmm. But he can't because he's got the big game to focus on. So eventually, Troy's musical by curiosity gets the better of him. <laughs> and he sneaks into the auditions for the upcoming winter musical. Twinkletown Musical. Uh, Twinkletown Musical. <laughs> and Sharpay and Ryan are the king and queen of this space. And we get to hear them perform for the first time. Sam's favorite number, what I've been looking for, the cunt version. Yes. This like no other I want you to know I've never had someone that knows me like you do the way you do I told you not to do the jazz scores it's a crowd favorite everybody loves a good jazz score this is 98% of my personality her favorite. Everybody loves a good jazz square. <laughs> she is giving camp. She is giving the original Rachel Berry. 
stop reading my notes. <laughs> stop it. No, they are Rachel Berry as a unit. They, they are Rachel Berry. They are Rachel Berry. And as, as an audience member, we're supposed to hate this because we see our protagonists literally cringing as they're performing this number. And everybody else, like Kelsey, the composer, does not like the way that they're performing it either. But this serves cunt. This is camp. And as an adult, the part of becoming older is understanding that this is the best song in this musical. And they know they are the best at the school, and they are right. And they would be right. Fantastic. Love it. So Gabriella and Troy are in the audience, and kind of on a whim, they go up on stage and try to audition, but they're too late. Because the bitchy drama teacher says, oh, I called everyone's name and you didn't come, so whatever. Okay, she does not want these children to succeed. My theater teacher was exactly like this. Yours too? Exactly like this. They love the power. What the fuck is up with it? And they had like their favorites. Mm -hmm. I was not a favorite. Neither was I. I worked on the lights. I was sound. What? Yeah, I was head sound. I was the sound department. I was the sound and the lighting department. Oh, my God. Tech crew, stand together. (laughs) (laughs) And we have fucking theater degrees. You can check it. Yeah, we all know the feeling. You probably, listener, maybe have experienced this of not being the favorite of your theater teacher. It's funny to assume that the audience was not the favorite in their theater class. I, If you were the favorite, God bless you. I don't know (laughs) if you listen to podcasts. You're probably busy doing something very fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this bitch is mean, but she overhears them singing, like, I don't know, the slow jazz version of this song. The flop version. The flop version. (laughs) And gives them a callback for the musical anyway. Callback! Callback for roles Arnold and Minnie next Thursday, 3.30 p.m. Ryan and Sharpe Evans, Gabriella Montez, and Troy Bolton. Is this some kind of joke? They didn't even audition! Maybe we're being punked. What? Maybe we're being filmed right now. Maybe we'll get to meet Ashton! Oh, shut up, Ryan! <laughs> That's a gay man. We all knew it. As a child, we knew it. We all, we all, no one, no question. But Troy Bolton is now out of the closet. Out he of wants the theater closet. Yeah. The closet was made out of glass. And he said, This feeling! <laughs> 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 So now that the star basketball player has started talking about how much he wants to fucking be a musical star, everyone else starts coming out of their glass closets, right? We get the number, stick to the status quo. Such a good number. Probably the biggest number we've seen so far in the film. I don't know if you're going to play that number, but I do have something for you. Okay. I can play it. Can you play the beginning of that number and listen to it? Lee, producer Lee, a musician and a sound engineer. Can you please listen very carefully to the beginning of it? You can bet there's nothing but net when I am in a zone and oh no. Okay, stop it. Now can you go to Spotify and play something for me? It's very important. You remember that how that music starts? Yes. What you got? Can you play You Can't Stop the Beat from Hairspray? <laughs> Wow. It's the same picture. (laughs) Wait, what came first? Hairspray the musical, the Broadway musical came first. Oh, so this is definitely some Hairspray reference. Yeah. We love it. We welcome it, if anything. Kenny Ortega said, Grease, Hairspray. 
put them together, make <laughs> a PG. Yeah, exactly. That's High School Musical. <laughs> so everyone's coming out. Basketball Jack wants to bake. Smart Girl wants to dance hip hop. The Stoner wants to play the cello. Mm-hmm. A saw. <laughs> anyway, but this is where we get like this moment also kind of hit me a little harder growing up because it reminds me of that fucking quote in whatever Harry Potter book where Dumbledore says it takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to our enemies, but just as much to stand up to our friends. Mm -hmm. Because in this moment, you really see like no one is giving each other shit. They're like directing their comments inward to their best friends. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, you wanting to do that is kind of weird. You should probably like, don't say it too loud. Don't tell anyone. Like, don't change. And I remember feeling like that in fucking high school and middle school, like feeling a little different from your friends and like feeling like something was wrong with you, even though you just wanted to do like a certain thing. And I think High School Musical did a really good nuanced job of talking about that and normalizing it and saying like, hey, across the board, everyone, no matter what your background is, you're going to feel that way at some point in high school, probably. Yeah. Um, And even if you're the Sharpay Evans who was born knowing what she wanted to do, like, she kind of has to battle with her own hubris and her own knowledge that, like, she's not always going to be on top. And it's a great number. You said that so well. Like, especially coming out as queer people, whenever you do come out, your greatest fear is, like, society, one, is the pressure you feel at all times. But the person closest to you rejecting you is... You know, usually it's your parents, your best friend, the person maybe you're in love with. That's a major thing here. So it's it's like you're saying this number in particular, they could have just stood up and say, I like to bake and have everyone say boo. It would have hurt less than Zeke telling Corbin Blue or Chad in this case, I like to bake. And if someone you love and trust tell you, please don't ever say that to me ever again. Yeah. Is so much disheartening. And the reason I think that this film in large is an allegory for like the queer experience is because this idea of sticking to the status quo, the status quo is heteronormativity in almost every case, Mm -hmm. especially in the United States. It's capitalism, it's heteronormativity. It is, you know, in the high school essence, it's, are you smart or are you a jock? Yeah. Pick one. Yeah. You can be one thing, but yeah, I, I think anyone who was in school in this time watching this movie could understand that these things that they're saying to each other have like very layered meanings. Yeah. And what happens with the rest of this film until we kind of wrap up the musical arc of Troy is that like he intentionally approaches his father and his friends with questions about his identity and has very heartfelt conversations that are sometimes border on almost like antagonistic fights because it's hard to express to your dad and to your best friend that you want to be something different than what they expect you to be. But Troy Bolton, in this case, like, takes the time to bring his questions up to these people he loves, feel the pushback, and still choose to, like, follow through with what he wants. And what we also get to see in this film is that first his friends, but then his dad kind of come around and encourage him to do the thing that he wants to do, even if it isn't, you know, play the basketball game and be just the captain. Like, they encourage him to sing. They encourage him to see Gabriella, and they— they have like this scheme at some point to break them apart, but it's the friends themselves that broke them apart that kind of come to realize that it was the wrong thing to do and then patch up their relationship for them. So it, it's like this really nice message that like you're going to have these tough conversations and you get to see those tough conversations happen, but then you get to see like 
hopefully the case that you would have in your life as a child to like move through that tough time with your friends and with your family and maybe reach some sort of resolution and acceptance because that's what happens with Troy in the end. The whole school accepts him, and they accept everyone in the cliques that wants to, like, kind of move around and shake things up. And that's pretty cool. And then they all get to sing about it in the end. We're all in this together. Yeah, that's a lovely, like, message. It might be uncomfortable at first, but if you commit yourself to it and it is who you truly are, the people who love you will accept you. Uh, It might be uncomfortable, which it is for all of the cliques that they're associated with. I think it's funny you mentioned there is that, like, switch— where all of a sudden their friends accept them and are very nice, and that really comes out of nowhere. Uh, And we don't get to see the inner workings of why that happens. I wish we did get to see that. Yeah. I think the only moment we really see the regret is there's, like, this scheme to break up Gabriella and Troy and to stop them from singing together. And both the basketball kids and the smart girls get to, like, see their friends suffer. And and there's, like, a moment where I think the lead smart girl and Corbin Blue, like, meet in the cafeteria, and they're like— kind of look at each other like, oh, no, like, this didn't go how we want it. Like, we don't actually feel good because they don't feel good. Mm-hmm. It's a very small moment, but it kind of leads to them trying to patch it up in the next scene. It's more than we get in a lot of these, like, kind of stereotypical after-school special films, for sure. Yeah, their their plan to split them up involves that scene that's very similar to Grease where— Danny Zuko's goes like, Sandy, I don't give a fuck about Sandy. Yeah. And then, you know, Zac Efron's character, Troy Bolton, basically tells his basketball team, I don't care about singing. That shit's gay. He doesn't say that, but that's yeah. basically <laughs> the vibe. And he has like a webcam on him and it's being fed to Gabriella. And that's just hilarious because it's the early that. 2000s. I love that technology. It's so good. Um, they split up. And then there's another grease beat where Gabriella does the Rizzo number, which yeah. is so funny because... Greece had a live performance on like CBS or T- TBS or one of those channels. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they did like Peter Pan Live. Yeah. They did Greece Live and Vanessa Hudgens played Rizzo. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And did the Rizzo number. What can you remind me what it's um, there are worse things I can do. Exactly. Such a good number. So Vanessa Hudgens as Gabriella does. Yeah. The version. I you were my fairy tale. Exactly. Where she's looking around corners holding a yeah. little textbook. She, like, sees a poster of him and, like, cozies up to it. You're right. It is the Rizzo number, which is my favorite number of Grease. But it is the worst number in this particular musical. Yeah. In the High School Musical version. It's the worst, but I still know every word. <laughs> and it's not that bad. <laughs> That's how good this shit is. Yeah. So Ryan and Sharpay have their own scheme. They scheme to get the callbacks the same day as the giant basketball game that Troy is captaining. And the scholastic decathlon that Gabrielle is a part of, I don't know what the fuck that is, was never invited to that in high school. (laughs) So all these things are happening on the same day, of course. Why wouldn't they be? But now that Gabriella and Troy and all the smart kids and jocks are friends, they come up with this crazy scheme involving this, like, little program that the tech nerds have that they like set off the alarm and that makes everyone in the basketball game and the scholastic decathlon go into the auditorium so that troy and gabriella can have their moment in the spotlight and they sing this number you know the world can see us in a way that's different than who Hearts. But 
everyone loves the song. They're a hit. So what happens when everyone gets evacuated, they all go into the auditorium. So it's not even like Gabriella and Troy do the callback together alone. It's all the clicks. All of them are witnessing people not sticking to the status quo, baby. And even Troy's dad shows up. The, he's the coach of the basketball team. And he gets to see him perform. The bitchy drama teacher. Miss Darbus. Miss Darbus. You can even see Ryan and Sharpay in the, like, side wings of the theater because they just did their callback. Yeah. And they're also vibing. Like, everyone's vibing. It's so sweet because we had a scene right before the game, the championship game, with Troy and his father, who was the coach of the basketball team, who said... I don't even care if you win. All I want to see is you having that passion in your eyes, and that would be enough for me. And he got to see him perform this song. Oh, he got his wish. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't even connect that. Yeah. So That's sweet. so sweet. Also, one thing I kind of just realized is, like, it's insinuated in the next scene, like, Sharpay comes and congratulates Gabriella for getting the part. So Troy and Gabriella like, star in the musical that spring. Twinkle like, Town. where's that? I want to see that footage. <laughs> we need a Sharpay spinoff, and we also need the Twinkle Town musicale. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we got our Sharpay spinoff. One out of two. We're just waiting for the second. Yep. Where is it? Yeah. So it ends with a final number that I've alluded to several times in the episode so far, but it doesn't get much more victorious than we're all in this together. No. Lizzie didn't want to show me this scene. I am demanding for the people. <laughs> it the wasn't people need to hear it. This is the biggest number of the musical. It is my favorite. It's the one that you, listener, knows all the dance moves to. I know all the dance moves to this. As do I, because of the High School Musical dance along. Yeah. So if you guys want us to do the dance, just ask. <laughs> we already know it. <laughs> Lizzie, if anything, please just show it for Lee, our okay. producer who has not seen this musical and has been subjected to an hour and a half of us talking about this. <laughs> Five, six, seven, eight. motherfucking movie everything is tied up very nicely yeah sharpay and ryan they like troy and gabriella yeah Yeah. they she congratulates her wishes her to break her leg or whatever zeke gets his moment with ryan that moment we spoke about in the beginning yes yeah where it's clear that ryan is in love with zeke i mean he can bake and play sports fantastic all around I said this to Lizzie a million times. I don't know if I've ever said it on the microphone, but my exact type growing up was Sharpay Evans. Growing up? <laughs> and you're, now. you're still growing up, and it's now. I asked my partner to watch it with me. As I've said a million times, I watched this alone on Christmas <laughs> with a glass of red wine. And I said, babe, do you want to watch this with me? And she goes, no, I've seen it a million times. And I was like, well, you know you're Sharpay Evans. And she goes, yeah. <laughs> At least she knows. Exact also, type. What doesn't happen at the end of this film is that Troy and Gabriella do not kiss, which is mm. a specific choice. Lizzie has said before. It's the second rule of subtextual at this point. Yeah. If the hetero, and I'm putting that in quotes, main characters do not kiss or end up with someone in the end, are they even straight? You're right. They're gay. They're gay. 
Frozen. They're thinking about it. It's the Elsa rule. <laughs> it's the evil call, number two. Number one is the Kenny Ortega rule. <laughs> yes. Number two is the Elsa Frozen rule. And I'm sure we're going to add some more rules Obsessed. as this goes on. Yeah. It's incredible. We know incredible. this dance. If someone, if I was getting mugged or like getting Held car- at gunpoint. Exactly. And they said, you can keep your life if you do. We're all in this together. I'd be like, I'd be like oh. <laughs> <laughs> I could do this. You could wake me up in my sleep in the middle of the night, in the middle of my REM cycle, and I could do this dance. Oh, so good. I can't wait to watch the second one. I can't I stand. Wait. It's definitely better than the first, and the first one's great. I can't wait to do that. Reception. Amazing. This movie was groundbreaking. It got pretty good critic reviews for a musical for children, quote unquote. But the film was made for $4.2 million, which, like I mentioned earlier, was the most money that Disney Channel ever put into one of their original TV movies ever. Wow. And there were no box office numbers, of course, because it came out direct to television. But in the first five years, the High School Musical franchise made $4 billion in retail sales. Holy Shit. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they do a Glee-esque tour? They did a tour. There's comic books, video games. There's a new series. There's Olivia they, Rodrigo dude. in High School Musical, the musical, the series. <laughs> the musical, the series. <laughs> the, and they're even talking about making a fourth film. Not oh. much like Lee, Leeway has been made and Kenny Ortega does not think it's a good idea and he's not directing. However, it's still in the works. So... This fucking movie. And it also launched basically all of these people we see into being some level of superstar. Because Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens before this, I know Zac Efron was on an episode of Next. Yeah, this was their breakout. Yeah. This was everyone in this film's breakout, with the exception of Ashley Tisdale, who was already in Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. But yeah. this definitely, like, kicked her up another notch. Mm-hmm. And also, last fun fact, this was the first feature-length film that you could buy on iTunes to download to your iPod. No The first way. film for purchase through iTunes library. Are you shitting me? Historically, Historic. this is the first one they made available. Yeah. And they would be right. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> <laughs> they said the kids want to serve cunt. <laughs> Let them. <laughs> and like for each subsequent film, the budget went up slightly, but the profit went up exponentially. So it only got more and more successful over time. This really spoke to a generation. You know, the kids are all right, but the kids are gay. The kids are gay. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Sam, I guess it's time to score it, huh? Let's get our heads in the game. Time to get our heads in the game. Yeah, so how the subtextual score works is we score the film on how gay is it and how good is it, and it's overall taken out of 10. A subtextual score. All right, Samuel. On a scale of one to ten, how good is this movie? I want to judge it in like a little bubble for decoms. Away from all the other decoms. Yeah, I don't want to compare it to like Carol or other <laughs> films that have gotten a perfect score. But as far as decoms go, I think it is as good as you can possibly get. I'm gonna give this an eight. I think I'm gonna give it a seven only because I know for a fact. The second one is like basically a nine and a half. So <laughs> I have to have something to weigh it against. Exactly. Sam, how gay is this movie? Kenny Ortega, the allegory on coming out. I mean, Gabriella at one point says like, what if I want to come out as a different person? Have you ever wanted to just come out? 
have you ever wanted to just be a different person and come out of your shell or something like that? Exactly. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, And that follows the conversation Gabriella and Troy have where they both say, we don't want to have labels. Yeah. Gay. Gay. And poly. Gay, poly. I think think everyone's bisexual until proven gay. I think Ryan (laughs) is definitely gay. Just gay, yeah. I'm going to give it a seven because it's a decom. They only can do so much. Can you take it as much as he possibly could? God bless him. I'll also give it a seven. Let's go. That gives High School Musical a subtextual score of 7.3. Does it break our top 10? Uh, It does not break our top 10. Damn. But it might as well. In my heart. The second one might. (laughs) That might break the scale. (laughs) Might just break the whole algorithm. Yeah. We might have to remake our score system just to accommodate High School Musical 2. Lizzie, happy goddamn New Year. Happy New Year. Do you have any resolutions? I meant to ask you. Yeah, I do. I do have a New Year's resolution. It has nothing to do with this film because I already know the dances, so I can't strive for anything. Lee was telling me how easy it is to saber a bottle of champagne. <laughs> so I'm I'm trying to get that resolution done day dot, first day. Yeah, like by January 2nd. Exactly. What about you? Um, I like to set myself like concrete goals, not like something vague like be a better person or like be funnier, even though I probably should work on that. But I came up with something called Watchless Wednesday. Because I realized I put a bunch of, like, really good films on my letterbox watch list. But when it comes to watching a movie, I just fucking pick, like, Legally Blonde 2 <laughs> and High School Musical. Like, things that take no brain to watch. But every Wednesday, I'm going to hit shuffle on my letterbox list and watch one of the films in the top four row. No matter what. No exceptions. God damn it. And once a week, I'm going to watch something I wouldn't normally watch. Yours is cooler than mine. Time to ask Producer Lee. What's your resolution? I came up with a really good one last night and uh, also got really drunk last night, so I can't remember. (laughs) His resolution is better remembering. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. You could learn to saber champagne with me. I've done it before. I'm good. Well, fuck. (laughs) You're the only one. (laughs) Just you. Did you join a gym or something? No, I definitely could exercise for sure. I know it's... I know that's always on the New Year's resolutions, but specifically, very much so this year, I need to start exercising again. Been sitting around at home too much. Okay, pick something fun, Lee. Uh, I also like the fun. I like the Watchless Wednesday too because I haven't been watching a lot of movies and I haven't gone to the theater lately. So, Um, he's perfect. He doesn't need to. He doesn't need to change. (laughs) Your resolution should be picking your birthday episode. Yes, and I ha- I was telling you guys that I came up with the really good one immediately, and I forgot it. I mean, I have good ideas for a birthday episode, but I know that there's one in the back of my mind that I have to find again. I lost it. So next time you find it, no matter what time of day or night it is, text, text us. Yeah, text that's, us. The, that's the key. I'll just immediately group mind. It. Oh, well, Lee, producer Lee, who has never seen High School Musical, thank you so much for sitting through this and (laughs) for the rest of your life when Lizzie and I do these duets. 
Oh, no. It's a pleasure. I actually really want to watch this movie now. I was telling you guys, it <laughs> seems really fun just watching those clips. Yeah. I no, loved it. It's so much fun. I mean, it's like an hour and 12 minutes, you know? Like, you're never going to regret an hour and 12 minutes. Hey, put it on your Letterboxd watch list and just yeah. let Watchlist Wednesday <laughs> do the work for you. Don't come like eventually. or High School Musical. <laughs> Old Boy or High School Musical 2. <laughs> exactly. I'll be like, oh, shit. <laughs> I really got to watch High School Musical 2. <laughs> Oh, this was so much fun. I can't wait to do the rest of the films. Can't wait to do more Kenny Ortega. Thank you, beautiful listeners. We hope you have a fantastic new year. I hope your resolution is to listen to more of our episodes or possibly <laughs> check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash pod. We love y'all so much. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to keep this content ad-free, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash subtextualpod. See you next week.